video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch. Hello, when you want to watch my name's Justin Clue, and I'm here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where you go through all the new Blu-rays and DVDs that have been released at Bay Street Video. Woo, 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 woo. Let's jump right into the cult section. We have a new Arrow release, The Invisible Man Appears, The Invisible Man vs. The Human Fly, probably the best titles of the week. And by best, I mean, like, the best literal titles. Yeah, they're, they're really good. So I didn't know much about this, but apparently it's one of the first kind of, like, big genre efforts from uh, Japan? Kind of. I mean, I believe... I don't know. That's how Arrow's kind of selling it. I was a little bit disappointed that there aren't that many special features on the disc, considering that these two movies are ones that, well, they're considered kind of middling within, like, you know, um, cinema history. You'd think there'd be more to talk about, but all that they have is, like, Kim Newman discusses the Invisible Man in cinema. <laughs> but I know that Tsuburaya, the guy who did all the Godzilla effects, did the effects on this as well. Oh, uh, okay. So, okay. you know, I'm glad that Arrow finally put it out, but you can tell they're like, uh, no slipcase, no, nothing fancy, just the disc. So this has been probably the most, or the highest selling title this week, actually, and I wasn't really expecting that. But yeah, maybe maybe it's just the Invisible Man name brand. <laughs> I do love the Invisible Man. So we also have a trio from Mondo Macabro, and some of these are reprints of stuff that they've done before, right? Because we got Paul Nash's Panic Beats, Queens of Evil, and Blood Ceremony. Yeah, I think they did some limited edition uh, volumes of these for their website only. We, they put these out on DVD, I know, in the past, which we have, but we've never had. Yeah, I know Panic Beats is one that yeah, I've seen we've a never bunch. had these here on Blu-ray before. I think Mondo Macabro sometimes does limited releases, though. Never seen any of these. I do like that uh, Blood Ceremony, which seems like a title I see all the time, is directed by Jorge Grau. Uh, the director of Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue. Favorite of mine. So, you know, if you picked up that release and you're looking for some more. Full Moon continues with their uh, collection of middling giallos with great titles uh, <laughs> yep. with a Blu-ray DVD-ish release. I don't know. Yeah, it's on both formats. Naked Girl Murdered in the Park. I know. These giallo titles, you know, like <laughs> strip nude for your killer. Yeah. This one is directed, though, by the guy who made Iron Warrior and most infamously Beast in Space. I believe that that has a triple X version, doesn't it? I believe so. I believe so. Because yeah. it is the uh, sci-fi ripoff of the big classic, The Beast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Beast in Space. Didn't Severin put that out recently? I feel yes. Like. And, yeah. Because they had two different editions, right? There was like one triple X one and one soft one. Moving on, we have The Hard Ride from Cheesy Flicks. Your favorite. <laughs> so this is the public domain Cheesy Flicks, right? Where you'll get like the worst transfer possible. What other Cheesy Flicks is there, really? All <laughs> oh, right. So it's about a GI guy that brings his oh god this probably looks like shit <laughs> yeah i don't know they find some real obscure stuff but i don't know this stuff sells so i don't know it does yeah and i mean we're not even open for browsing right now but people are legitimately like emailing us requesting to buy this title or maybe so. it's like uh, they think it's another the hard ride like maybe maybe the james wood michael j fox the hard ride <laughs> directed by that would be the hard way Ooh, actually. my yeah. mistake my mistake <laughs> but i i hope the person that bought it thought it was the hard way instead <laughs> when is michael j fox coming up i know he's got to be here somewhere i don't know i think it's these like biker movies that just have like a built-in audience too. we also have a new release from dark force i thought they had gone out of business no they're still going strong i mean we got a couple releases from them every month yeah. Yeah, that's true. We have two. We have Journey into Fear. Feels like there's a million Journey into Fears as well. Like, this is 
not the Orson Welles one. It's not. This is from the 70s and was a film I didn't know about, but again, it's been selling very well, so I think there is a, uh, a fan base for it. I, mean, I think it might be a remake, actually, of the Orson Welles one. Uh, but let me... Yeah, it's actually a remake of the Orson Welles one. It stars Sam Waterston, Zero Mostel, Ian McShane, Shelley Winters, Donald Pleasance, Vincent Price is in here, but it's like a... Uh, yeah, an American geologist accidentally discovers oil in the Turkish mountains, and it's like a big adventure kind of thing. Directed by uh, Daniel Mann. I guess this would maybe even fit more into the classic section if it wasn't, you know, being put out by Dark Force, which is kind of more of a cult label. Oh, you're but... putting Dark Force in a box, Mark. You know, they could do I anything. I know, I know. But Daniel Mann, you know, he's the director of Come Back Little Sheba, The Rose Tattoo, you know, some, some bigger, more like prominent. <laughs> you haven't seen any of those movies. I can tell in the tone of your I voice. Know. I know of them, though. I know of them. Butterfield 8. Dark Horse is also putting out uh, Liale, which I could find no information about. Yeah, this is a porno, actually. So that's probably oh, why that's it wasn't why. coming up on IMDb. It is like a black exploitation porno about smooth operator Arlo, who's setting up an erotic musical in New York. Uh, and Leah Lay is the talented girl who wants a singing career and doesn't mind doing nudity or having sex, so she joins the show. I like how you said doing nudity or having sex. Or having sex, yeah, that's I what I says. I guess you could have sex, not nude. I guess so, yeah. Uh, apparently it has funk legend Bernard Purdy in it playing uh, playing music too, so if, and I hope if make you're love. A, a funk fan, yeah, I don't know. So this is, I mean, it looks kind of interesting and cheesy if you're into that, like, you know, 70s uh porno area era we but, also uh, have yeah. a lethal nightmare from srs and it's another polonia brothers film you promised me there'd be no more polonia brothers i film. know i'm sorry <laughs> so why are you done with them or are you not gonna buy these like anymore? i don't need another generically titled one that they made when they were teenagers yeah i think this was from 91 i believe probably incomplete yeah. until now so it's like 45 minutes you know i love that cover artwork though you know lethal nightmare it little too much of a generic uh, title as well. Really? Really? This is the one that's too generic for you? Eh? Like, uh, what was it? Hallucinations, <laughs> Splatter Beach, uh, Church of the Damned, I think was one of that them. Was one of I them. have enough of them that I haven't watched yet that I don't need to get this one. Because I think that, like, I know, I was shocked. A, a lot of these movies were extras on bigger films. And they're now putting them out on DVD with, like, new commentaries and stuff. Well, then that makes sense. I need to save my money for this trio of Blu-rays that came out of nowhere because I didn't see them on the list from Wild East, Arizona Colt, The Fighting Fits of Shanghai Joe, and The Double Bill of the Beast and Thou Shall Not Kill. I will just quickly interrupt and say The Beast and Thou Shall Not Kill is a DVD-only release, so uh, I'm sorry to, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> burst your bubble there. But the other two are Blu-rays. Um, and yeah, with Wild East, they're kind of a weird label. We uh, They usually just sell their stuff direct for the first few months, and then finally we can get them in here, our suppliers list them. So yeah, these have been releases that came out over the last couple well, months. Wild East kind of disappeared for a long time, yeah. We've always wondered if they are going out of business, but then they show up with a few new releases. So. They're one of those, like, gray market companies, right? Like, they don't usually do new scans of stuff. Like, maybe they source it, uh, like some other companies, because these films are considered in that public domain sphere. And, like, their stuff go went out of print very fast. And I think they've been kind of overshadowed by companies like Arrow, because they got into the Spaghetti Western game, while back in the day, Wild East was the only people around. But it seems like they either got new scans or found new scans of 
films like The Fighting Fist of Shanghai Joe, which I love, which is a mixture of like um, 70s martial arts with spaghetti westerns, including Klaus Kinski. And it's like hyper violent. And Arizona Colt is a really early uh, spaghetti western, which I, I'm trying to think, have I seen the original Arizona Colt? I've seen the sequel because the sequel is directed by Sergio Martino. We have a big fan base for their stuff here, actually, because there's, you know, an older crowd that really likes spaghetti westerns, too. That, like me. Yeah, like you. <laughs> but they're big with us. But so we always get asked um, when they first come out and then we can just never get them right away. But people always tell us that. So moving on, we have Doctor Who, Fury from the Deep. Wait a minute. Aren't they doing these by seasons now? No, this is another one of those, like, unfinished episode things that they've done, like, an animated... It's like an animated thing, so... Okay, yeah. so moving on. So we also have Wonder Shows and Complete Series. I loved Wonder Shows when I was a teenager. I've watched it recently. Uh, some stuff has definitely not aged very well. Um, yeah, I also loved it as a teenager. I haven't watched it recently, so, you know, my memory has not been tainted yet, but... Uh... It is a show from a period where the creators had such disdain for their audiences... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that they would make like a whole episode just driving them insane to feel like a contractual obligation. And that's why I kind of like it, you know? <laughs> like, oh, the stuff is so good. Like, kids on the beat. Kids on the beat. Beat kids. Beat kids. Yeah, kids on the beat is great. <laughs> or uh, I always think of the joke where it's like, uh, tr the puppets are trapped on a desert island and one of them looks at the other one and he looks like a giant ham. <laughs> and then he starts to have sex with the giant ham. <laughs> That's a great joke. Well, now it's out. Is it on Blu-ray? No, it's not. This is just a DVD set, but I mean, do you really need Blu-ray? I don't know. I mean, they've never had a complete series set of this before, so I guess that's the get. You could only get each individual season. Yeah, I think I have the first season, the one that when you take the slipcase off, like the uh, the girl on the cover has like no face. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. So this one, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess you don't really need Blu-ray for a show like this. So what is? Uh, I know this is not a Cartoon Network show, but I just associate it and like the DVD box sets with Cartoon Network. It's stuff. an MTV show. But like, yeah. where are the like Space Ghost Coast to Coast full season disc set? I would like that. That's a good question. Yeah, no, I don't know if I don't know what Cartoon Network is up to these days with their with anything they release. You know, they'll find they'll finally release like a complete box set of Adventure Time, but like only on DVD. That's like, so really? weird. I don't even understand. And it's like it all exists in Blu-ray form. So what the hell? Yeah, like they put out that Steven Universe set back in December only on DVD. Like what are, what are they doing? Or they doing? did the first three seasons of regular show and that's it. Nothing else. Uh, Yeah, no, it's it's like that with. Pretty much all their stuff, so I don't know. Uh, they just need to hire somebody who knows that kind of stuff, and they would have a collector's market um, cornered, but I guess they just don't want to. That's that's what it boils down to. Like, it's not a big conspiracy or anything. For, yeah, we get asked for their stuff all the time, so it or would Or they're like, it well. needs to be only on streaming so people get our streaming service. And as we said on the show before, that's not how it works. Mm -mm. Moving on, we have one last classic, and that is Rad. Rad, 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 rad. And it's this week's Blind Buy. Whoa! Whoa! whoa. Blind well, to preface this, th this is the new Mill Creek uh, Mondo Steelbook edition. Um, obviously, not the old Vinegar Syndrome edition, which you know, which was like what from two year a year ago, two years. Yeah, ago. a year ago it was their last Black Friday thing. It does not have the same special feature as the Vinegar Syndrome thing. It's missing like a bunch of commentary tracks. 
and like a couple interviews with like the screenwriter and the director. But it does have a like 45 minute Zoom conversation with most of the people. But it also has all the archival interviews. And so, yeah, you had never seen this before and you wanted to watch it. It's this. weird. I'd never seen this, but a friend of mine was like a huge super fan of this, always was talking about it. So when the Vinegar Syndrome edition came out, I bought it on that Black Friday sale. It was the first 4K UHD disc that I bought, even though I still don't have a player. But uh, it has taken me until now to actually watch it because, you know, it's for collectors. It's all about the thrill of the hunt. And once you own something, it doesn't really matter whether you watch it or not. But this was a perfect opportunity to do so. I was surprised you hadn't seen this before. I thought you would watch this. You know, like a lot of these movies, I think that as a teenager, I must have read one really bad review and it like tainted it. That kind of thought is left in my mind. Like, oh, no, that's bad and boring. I don't want to check that out. Like, yeah. like maybe I associate it with something like, and I know it has a lot of fans, but like Solar Babies. Right. Or something okay. like that, which is like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. And Hal Needham is not a very strong director. So. No, I mean, he's obviously got made a lot of big, fi- well, he made Smokey and the Bandit. I guess that's kind of a cannonball run. You know, those are some big claims to and fame. And I thought it was, and while well, he was a very famous stuntman as well, Hooper, uh, he directed as well. And I thought it was going to be, I don't know. I don't know what I thought it was going to be, but just kind of like a bummer. And that like, uh, you needed to be there when you watched it. Did you enjoy this, Mark? I have to say, I really enjoyed this. Uh, this yeah, was- me too. I loved it. Like if I had seen this when I was a teenager, I would have had a BMX bike. No Oh, me too. Contest. And this was exactly the kind of movie that I loved as a kid too. These kind of like upbeat sort of sports type movies. And did you know... It's a stealth Canadian film. I, well, I saw that you posted about the cinematographer, uh, which I did not realize was the cinematographer of Going Down the Road and a lot of other great stuff. So no, I did not realize that at all. And I didn't realize because it was shot in Vancouver, wasn't it? Or Calgary? Or uh, I believe it was Alberta. It was shot in. Yeah, Calgary. Which I didn't re- I thought it was just somewhere in like California or something. But yeah, no, it was shot in Canada. Shot by a Canadian. Probably mostly a Canadian crew, I would say. In like such a... <laughs> horrible time we're in right now this movie just like brought me so much joy it was just such a blast of fun the music is just so perfect 80s cheese the theme song you're just gonna have sing you're just gonna sing in your head for days after kind of like the white fire situation when we're talking about that yeah great theme song and great stunts honestly i I have to admit i actually i thought the lead actor was a real bmx biker so did i because i was like that is a 23 year old man playing a teenager so i thought it was a like a real uh, BMX biker, but he's not. I thought he was doing all his own stunts because I was looking at Lori Lachlan, who was like the only actor in it I actually knew or recognized. And I was looking at the way they were filming her and it was clear she wasn't doing the stunts because of the way they would shoot like the bike when she was like it, when there was a stunt, you wouldn't see her face. And then when you did, you didn't see the bottom of the bike. So there was like a lot of tricky stuff there. But with the guy, I thought for sure he was doing all these stunts. And it was just a guy who like, you know, never really, he wanted to be an actor and then his career just never really took off because, you know, at the time, Rad did not get very favorable. How could it have gotten that bad, like, reviews? Yeah, I was digging into the review archives and just finding some, like, ancient reviews of it. And yeah, critics hated it at the time. Like, I get it's like a cheese kind of kids movie, but... I don't know. Like, this movie was just fun from start to finish. Like, yeah, it doesn't reinvent the wheel. It, like, basically does everything you expect it's going to do. But those bike stunts are so good in it. Yeah. But the bike stunts are so good. And the final track, the hell track, which apparently I was reading, like... So dangerous that none of the bikers could finish it. Even one of them got injured, right? So that was great to watch. Um, The whole thing was just fun. And you know what? I kind of liked how... 
almost low stakes it was like what i liked about it was that it's all about like essentially like i'm gonna say like the one percent trying to crush any kind of person that wants to participate in the things that are offered so only community organizing can get uh people involved in those kind of things oh totally it's very anti-corporation anti-capitalist which i really like yeah it's crazy how they like this these bmx companies come to this small town to like have this race but they don't even want any like local bmxers to like participate yeah because they want their guy to win which will like boost their stocks and even though as i was watching it i was like dude if you just pay the kid to win first place like he could be your poster boy for your company he could be the new poster i know right because, but the only thing he offers is like, I'll pay you to lose, and then you know I'll take you but on. But you know but... what? I have to say that's usually how those people kind of think as well. Like, I don't want to break what I have in my mind, so I'm just gonna go forward with it. I even liked at the end that like the villain, he's like, "How about you join our team?" And they're like, "Yeah." Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's very like Mighty Ducks a little bit. How at the end of the games they would come over and be like, "No, that good game, good game." You know? No, I really like that. And then yeah, he wants to join the rad team. It's like I, I was like, I want to join the rat team i want to be a part of this team i'm so glad i didn't see this movie when i was a teenager i would have gotten so hurt trying to do those stuff oh me too me too yeah i mean they put that disclaimer at the end but like what kid was gonna listen to that you know <laughs> no kid <laughs> no kid they do like crazy stunts where they're like dancing on their bikes oh man <laughs> like, yeah like just the opening and closing credits alone are full of like amazing stunts and mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i mean it's just so much fun the whole way through. And yeah, I just loved every second of it. This would kill with an audience. Oh, yeah. Like people would be on their feet at the end. Like, yeah. This seems like a perfect thing for like your Laser Blast series or something, you know? Like it's just got that level of like pure energy, you know, that you don't often see in movies anymore. So like, yeah, maybe it's cheesy, but like I just got a lot out of it. It was just so sincere to me. Yeah, that's just... what it was. It was like almost no irony in it. It was like all about like even, you know, all cops are bad, but there's like a scene where the cop is like, you go get him. <laughs> like, yeah, even the cops. He cool. says the title of the movie, the original title of the movie, which I have to say is not good, which is Balls Out. <laughs> Balls Out. Yeah, that wouldn't have been a good one. Rad's a much, much, <laughs> much better, better title. title. So but yeah, there's so many ridiculous things that happen in this that they play so straight face too, like the whole dance, the BMX dance sequence. Uh, the, or like the, But it's so good. Like they're doing moves and they're working together. That's the thing. You're watching it and you're thinking, like this is ridiculous how how is this like how am i not laughing at this but you're not you're like fully engrossed in it i i just loved it loved every second yeah that's good unfortunately that the vinegar syndrome version is not available it's all their cool extras but again like there's three commentary tracks not from the director it's like the screenwriter some of the bmx writers what stores do they have so and it's uh, the same transfer too at least you're getting that like 4k restoration so it seems that the steel books that are made now are less steel more plastic which i appreciate yeah so a little uh, less they heavy, don't scratch you know? and uh the rad one it's like when you take it off it's like the title is on the plastic oh cool so like when you slip it on it's a steelbook in a plastic sleeve which right. i've seen very it rarely is, yeah Ooh, even though it's a mill creek one it is expensive Ooh, yeah it is it's a good 40 dollars. i mean if you bought like i think i spent 
over 50 on the vinegar syndrome edition after well because after shipping and everything right but you know what i'm glad i spent that money and you know what if you just want to if you want to have fun at the movies you're gonna you're gonna want to spend this money i too. will definitely be watching rad again being like oh i need to pick me up i'm gonna give rad a, a lot spin. of these like culty kind of movies i just blind buy based on like other people's recommendations don't always like justify my purchase at the end of the day or i'll like eventually get rid of them but rad i will not be getting rid of that was like a so great moving purchase. on to the classic section see i saw rad i saw we were already in the classic section i was wrong classic and it transcends borders <laughs> criterion's <laughs> release of celine and julie go boating aka phantom ladies of paris which i think is the superior title oh, that's a cool title i haven't heard that one before phantom ladies over paris i think the way that it's written even in french is celine and julie go boating Dot dot uh, okay. Phantom Ladies over Paris, which is way more exciting. I don't know why they did not use it. Probably because it's an art film, so they don't want to have it involved because maybe it's like a genre. Uh, this is uh, something that many people don't know. I'm a huge Rivette head. You are. And he's great. This is probably his most accessible film, even though it is three plus hours long. It definitely encompasses all of his like major you know, trademarks or whatever. Improvisation, a story centered around women, uh, change of identity, slapstick, surrealism. Moves really fast uh, for a revet joint, which sometimes tend to like, I don't know, show someone auditioning for a play or rehearsing for hours and hours uh, on this end. This film's great, though. And it's surprising that it, I mean, it took forever to get a North American home video I don't know release. why it took so, the rights must have been really tangled, I think. I, I was lucky to see this at, the Tiff Bell Lightbox here in Toronto about, God, maybe five or six years ago now. They had a print of it. Um, and it was actually like, it was great because I had gone, they were doing some French series and they were showing another Revet film, another rare one that I wanted to go see. And I got there and they were like, oh, you know what? There's been a mistake. We couldn't get the print of this movie. So I was like, oh, that sucks. And they were like, well, in its place, we're showing Celine and Julie go boating that we just happened to get a print of. So it was like, wait, what was a rare Revet where you're like, oh, la religieuse, finally I can watch yeah, it. Yeah, no, I honestly can't even remember what one anymore, but it was super rare and I'd made a point to see it just because of that. But they hadn't even been scheduling to play Celine and Julie they just they just got the print accidentally so but yeah it was great and I thought after that it would come out pretty soon at some point it came out in the UK a while ago but not in uh, America and I gotta give hats off to Criterion, I don't think they produced any new special features, which they seemingly don't do anymore. I don't know what's going on there. Oh, no. But they ported over, like, the UK commentary track. There's, like, a two-hour documentary on Rivette that's, like, a retrospective piece. But, like, they usually don't do that big stuff. So it's actually a two-Blu-ray set or a three-DVD set because there's so many special features on Good it. Good stuff, though. Glad this is finally available. I'm all revetted out now because I think I have Paris Belongs to Us. I have La Religieuse. I have that box set that Arrow put out. The only ones I don't have are the Cohen releases, which pff, just the movies. No, thank do you. Do you have the Kino ones like La Pont du Nord? Or... Oh, uh, I do have La Pont du Nord. I don't. Is that a Kino one? Or is that like a weird olive one? No, that's a Kino one. Yeah, I have La Pont du Nord, uh... which is very available, which is like the not as fun version of Sidney and Julie Go Boating. True, true. I still like that so one. So moving no, on, we have The Mouse of the Wolf, Lost and Beautiful. What do you have to say about this? Uh, so this is a double pack of films from Pietro Marcello, I believe. He's the director of uh, Martin Eden, which which is the recent film that we talked about uh, a few podcasts ago, which is 
you know, nominated for all the foreign film awards this year. Uh, so I don't know much about him, actually. And I don't know much about these films, but I guess Grasshopper's gone back. I like how Grasshopper's now like, listen, we can't sell you just one of these uh, filmmakers' films. Take two. We're going to do two. Well, they are really short. I think one of them's only like 70 minutes or so. And I think one of them's a documentary, too. So. Did you say 70 minutes? That's not short. That's the perfect length. That's true. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> So we also have Still Life. Uh, this is uh, you wrote 2006, so I assume this is the um, Jazz and K. Jazz and K. Yeah, this is the Jazz and K film. He, uh, of course, of movies like A Touch of Sin and Ashes, Purest White, recent films like that. This was a pretty big release of his back in 2006. Never came out on Blu-ray. Um, so now it finally is. What, who is Big World? Are they like the China? Taiwanese only company? No, they're actually kind of an offshoot of Cinema Guild. So they're like kind of a partner label to Cinema Guild. <laughs> Cinema Guild needs another offshoot. <laughs> They've put out some of uh, Romer's films recently, um, some other, you know. So they... moving on, uh, let's zoom through these because I don't think we have much to say and we got to get to the new stuff. We have Damn Yankees, film adaptation of the George Abbott Broadway musical. All right, from Warner Archives, we have Rock, Rock, Rock from BCI. Ooh, I like rock-based uh, titles. A teenage girl, Dory Graham, can't convince her dad to buy her a strapless gown, so she, she decides to get the money together herself in time for prom. All right. Okay. Oh, no. Does she does she get sexy? Does she do gross stuff? I don't know, but this is another one that people have been buying, so I guess they saw it when they were a kid or something, and it's stuck with them. Uh, we also have the last remake of Beaugest. Okay, so I guess Beaugest was a bigger thing <laughs> back in the day, that they could make, like, a parody film starring Mar- Marty Feldman? Uh, yeah, I don't know what... I don't know anything about this film, to be honest. Or the other Marty Feldman film on this list. Um, I really only know him from Young Frankenstein. And of that's course, yes. Uh, didn't he play a movie where he's like God or something like that? In, in God We Trust, isn't that in the God next one? In God We Trust, that's right. Uh, what's, wait, what's the other Marty Feldman? Uh, in God We Trust, right? The next one, yeah. In God We Trust. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We got there. We got there. And moving on, we also have Runaway Train from Kino. Oh, now I like this movie. Definitely Batman John Voight's best performance. Some would argue as well Eric Roberts' best performance, even though it is a massive one. And even though he is playing, like, basically a pedophile in it. but uh, Directed by Andre Konchalovsky. You know what? I actually just watched this for the first time this week. It's one I've been meaning to see forever and just got to it now but yeah i loved it it was fantastic like the train stuff is incredible it was supposed to be in a kira kurosawa film yeah and the whole backstory behind it is great um yeah it was just like it was a real thrill ride honestly (laughs) kind of like thrill ride you don't get anymore good friends uh eric roberts playing a pedophile and john voight i know yeah i know it's a different time i was impressed that i was looking at the back not many special features unfortunately but there is a commentary with two film critics and eric roberts oh wow good for well i mean what else is he doing right what a- <laughs> I was going to say, uh, he's doing lots of stuff, but as long as you slip that $100 his way, I'm sure he's willing to do oh, anything. I'm sure he'll be willing to talk about all the movies he was in that people actually I wonder how much about. it costs to get Eric Roberts to do a commentary track. I, it can't be more than 100 bucks, right? It's just, like, a bo- what- it's just a bottle of bourbon. No, man. he does not drink anymore, Mark. He does not drink I, anymore. I know, I know, I know. Even though that supposedly on television shows that Eric Roberts worked on in Toronto, he would leave notes in the bathroom saying, uh, I will pay you if you bring me drinks on the down low. And then somebody did it and they got fired when they found out. Because don't give Eric Roberts any drinks. Yeah, he's been through some rough times, all right? Oh, he's been through some, some real rough times. Very rough times, yeah. But he keeps getting work. It is insane. Like, people love Eric Roberts. Because we all love him. Who doesn't love Eric Roberts? I mean, Let's I love Eric Roberts. I just wish he had... 
like Paul Thomas Anderson or like um, the Safdie brothers gave him a big role. I know. Like, well, you know, Christopher Nolan gave him a little part in Dark Knight. Like right? the, the casting in the Dark Knight is insane because it is filled with C and B movie level guys. So who is casting those? Is it just like Christopher Nolan's like, I love new image films. Michael J. White, bring him in. Eric Roberts. Like, I mean, I would think that some of these guys like Eric Roberts from the 80s, right? Like he was in a lot of prominent, like well-regarded movies in the 80s. Yeah, but like so. Michael J. White has a big role in the dark knight as well so and there's some other ones too i remember i don't have it in front of me i haven't watched the dark knight in a long time so uh moving on we have positive id i'm not really familiar with this one this is an interesting one actually i just watched this this week too even though i hadn't heard of it i thought you might have known about this guy uh it's directed by a guy named andy anderson who is a independent filmmaker who only made like three films one of which was a weird sci-fi movie in the 80s called interface and then one in the 90s called detention definitely had like a cult kind of following like bleeding skull did a piece on his movie interface yeah i don't know i thought it was somebody you might have known about you you know all you know everything about like really like obscure kind of like outsider uh filmmakers but um yeah so this guy was is from texas and he was just an independent filmmaker and this film positive id was his second movie and it got uh, it went to sundance i think it was nominated for a few prizes at sundance and got a bit of a theatrical oh wow people really like it too i gotta check this out yeah so i watched it just based on that and just because I'm intrigued. Unless you're going to be like, it's terrible. Don't check it out. No, Justin. it's actually really interesting, but it's not quite what you think it is. They kind of sell it like it's sort of a, um, like a rape revenge thing. It's about a woman who was brutally assaulted a year before and now she's like traumatized from it and she ends up figuring out how to take other identities for herself um, and basically disappear into these other identities all over the country for an end goal that I won't say because I don't want to spoil it, even though you kind of see where it's going. But um, it's not really the thriller that they kind of make it out to be on the cover. They seem like it's, I mean, it almost like we're going to talk about this in a sec, but it almost has like a promising young woman sort of like vibe the way they're selling it on the cover. But it is more just a drama about like an independent drama from the 80s about uh, like the fractured mind of a woman who's dealing with trauma, basically. Uh, the performances are all from actors that you don't w- wouldn't really know and didn't really go on to do much. And the performances are all pitched at kind of like a campier level than you would think. So I can see why people, some people might think it's bad or badly acted or low budget. It, def- it has a bit of a TV movie vibe at times. But I thought there was a lot here to like. And I thought it really captured like a, just an emotional experience of somebody dealing with trauma. Not that I have any idea what it would be like to deal with that but it um definitely gets inside the head of its protagonist in a better way than a lot of other movies do and i really want to check out more from this guy andy anderson he wrote directed produced this he was kind of like a one-man band in texas in fort worth texas making weird kind of cult movies and he only made like three of them and he died a few years ago and i'd never heard of this guy so i'm intrigued and unfortunately yeah kino put this out and it looks nice and everything unfortunately there's like no special feature there's like a commentary from a with just a film critic but it would have been nice to hear something from the filmmaker but obviously if he's passed away you can't do anything about that but you they couldn't get the actors or anything but i would highly recommend checking this out this is a really interesting movie and i'm definitely going to look at this other guy's films too I will definitely check that out. And I've been sitting on the, you know, edge of my seat because I saw what the next movie is, which is Taffin starring Pierce Brosnan. So I just need to move my mic back my a little man, bit. Pierce Brosnan. Then maybe you shouldn't be living here. 
<laughs> I hope people have seen that clip online of Pierce Brosnan saying that line because it's from this movie. Uh, you know what? I really like this movie. I have a soft spot for this movie. You know what? I haven't seen it. I've only seen that clip thousands of times. It's fun, man. It's it's fun. I mean, yeah, he's not... like a detective or something, yeah, right? Yeah, so he's a well, he's a debt collector and he really leans into his Irishness. It takes place in Ireland and he has like he has full on like the Irish accent and everything, which he obviously covered up as he became more like James Bond and then Americanized. It's just a lot of fun. It, it's like, I don't know, it's just like one of those great like kind of 80s action movies you stumble across on tv late at night and you just like end up watching the whole thing and it's like a great time i don't know i mean i have a soft spot for pierce brosnan i always liked him oh, i love pierce brosnan I, like you know after he was kind of the first james bond i knew so around that time i i, I like tried to find all of his earlier action movies like this like Livewire, like the heist like a lot <laughs> it was of, the exploding i people. know right i would say this is probably one of the best and it's not perfect it's definitely it gets boring at times it's not like it's not perfect the whole way through but if you like pierce brosnan and you haven't seen this and you want like a fun 80s action movie i would totally recommend oh, i'm definitely gonna check this out has did did hollywood fail pierce brosnan he acted a lot i'm the oh god gray owl no pierce brosnan no oh man i saw gray owl when it came out because i was so obsessed with pierce brosnan he was like my favorite actor for a while um, when I was and a it's kid. like oh i want to see that uh remake of the heist film and then your parent the thomas crown affair and your parents are like oh we have that at home then you get home and you're like the tailor of panama that's not the same thing <laughs> i've seen the tailor of panama too i i have seen all of these movies. are you just a pierce brosnan head from goldeneye and then onward from that definitely started from goldeneye because that was just the first James Bond movie I saw. And then I was obviously a huge Dante's Peak fan at the time because who wasn't? Uh, Dante's Peak, not good. Oh, I love Dante's Peak. I know, I saw it like a hundred times. I feel like schools were sent tapes of Dante's Peak. <laughs> I know. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, he's in like so many fun. And then obviously, you know, he's the, he's the asshole and Mrs. Doubtfire and everything. Oh, so good. Uh, it's time for me again to mention my favorite Pierce Brosnan uh, trivia, which has nothing to do with him. That amazing, clickhole article written by Pierce Brosnan about I don't know who Mrs. Doubtfire is and I never will know and then it ends with him going and I called up Robin Williams to ask if he knew who she was but unfortunately I learned he had passed away so I guess Robin will never know who the true Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> yeah I remember that yeah that's so good yeah. uh, I'm looking Pierce Brosnan he was in tons of oh god after the sunset what a piece of shit oh that was terrible I've seen that the too the Matador oh. oh what a double bill of crap yeah I hated that too oh that's why you hate that movie because you're a Brosnan head so you wanted Brosnan to have fun in it and I didn't. am yeah and he's in Remember Me I wonder if he ever yells Remember Me in it uh, have you ever seen Urge though by the way if you want like a really fun trashy like recent pierce brosnan like vod movie i highly recommend urge it's about a bunch of like a bunch of like 20 30 something idiots who go to this like island resort and they end up taking this like drug that called urge that's kind of like ecstasy the catch is you can only take it once because if you take it more than once it's gonna fuck you up but of course they're like oh we'll take it one more time and then they all spiral into like madness but pierce brosnan plays like the owner guy of the resort who like doles out the drugs and he's camping it up big time oh man i forgot pierce brosnan had an amazing role in The World's End, uh, the Edgar Wright Oh, you film. know what? I've never actually seen that movie. And your Brosnan, oh, he's like the main villain in the I film. I didn't realize he was even in it. Wow. How yeah, about and that? he's really good in The uh, the Foreigner, where you're watching, you're like, did he forget 
that he how to do an Irish accent. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this yeah. is perfect casting. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, it's what's going on? Oh, there, he's but... got like Christian Bale syndrome where it's like, oh, I'm sorry. We got to keep moving. But like Bag of Bones. Have you seen that? Yeah. You sent me that <laughs> clip. Yeah. <gasps> he's vomiting. Uh, so good. Good. What a ham. I love him. Yeah, I love him. I just love him. OK, I'm going to blaze through these because we don't have time. Uh, first off, Promising Young Woman. Uh, I haven't seen it, but, you know, it's the big, big movie this year. Uh, we've got Above Suspicion, which is, yeah, another movie called Above Suspicion. It's with Amelia Clark and Jack Houston. It's about the murder of an FBI agent. I don't know. It's from Philip Noyce. Remember him? He made Dead Calm and... Oh, yeah. he's He makes crap now. But... Oh, yeah. I mean, all the good parts of Dead Calm were reshot by George Miller. Oh, well, then there you go. That's that's Philip Noyce for you. Uh, we've got Dez, which is a British miniseries with David Tennant about uh, the real-life serial killer uh, Dennis Nielsen, I believe. <sighs> uh, we've got... Yeah, I know. <laughs> we've got We Hunt... We Hunt Together, another British miniseries from the creators of Luther, which looks kind of interesting. Uh, and then we've got some indie stuff. Coming Home Again is the new film from Wayne Wang, uh, which stars Justin Sean as a guy who's taking care of his sick mother and learning her recipes. So it's kind of like a foodie type movie, too. Uh, we've got Princess of the Row, which is an indie film about a young runaway who tries to find her uh, mentally ill war vet father on the streets of L.A. Skid Row. Uh, it was produced by Morgan Freeman, got a lot of indie buzz. Uh, we've got Saul. It's a French film that takes place in Argentina, I believe, about a young uh, a woman who moved there and is dealing with her life or whatever. I actually don't know much about what that's about. That, that's all I got <laughs> for this one. We've got The Passion of Anna Magnani, which is a documentary about the actress Anna Magnani. We've got Crock of Gold, A Few Rounds with Shane McGowan, which is a documentary from Julian Temple, who did, uh, you know, The Filth and the Fury, a bunch of other uh, great music docs. Uh, this is about the lead singer of the Pogues or the Pogies. I don't know. I've never actually a bit. Yeah, I was never a huge fan of them. But, you know, if you are, here you go. Slam and slammers. And <laughs> slam and slam. And we got Don't Tell a Soul, which is a new thriller with a couple of teenagers who basically uh, get into this sort of psychological battle with a security guard in a who's trapped in a hole who's played by Rain Wilson. Uh, I actually saw this one and it's OK. It's a nifty, decent little thriller set in like a. Is he trying to steal? No, their basically, soul? they're like they're stealing something from a house and then he's the security guard. He runs after them and then he falls down a hole and they're trying to figure out whether to like tell the police. But then he'll like tell on them sort of thing. So I don't know. It, it's okay. It's not great, but it's like a decent little like VOD thriller. Uh, and then we got Dark Web Cicada 3301, which is I I put this on at the store and kind of half watched it. Uh, it's a terrible VOD thriller that is about that. I guess this was a real thing. Cicada 3301 was this like online, this like mysterious online game thing, which was purportedly supposed to be recruiting hackers for something. But... Wait, is this not part of the official dark web universe? <laughs> I, I have no idea what this is. Uh, yeah, it's about a bunch of like computer guys who like start playing this online game that's like this big sort of like hacker recruitment tool or something. I don't know. It looked really stupid from what I saw. Oh no, sorry. Unfriended 2 was called Dark Web. That's why I thought it was that. No, no, no. I was hoping it was about the ghost seeking revenge because they pooped their pants. Uh, con- continuation. <laughs> you know what? This movie actually 
actually kind of feels like an homage to like bad 90s internet thrillers, but like not even as fun as those. I'm looking at the covers and the photos. There's a lot of people with their shirts off. Real David Dakota vibe. That's kind of what I got looking up at it, too. Uh, and then we've got Castle Freak, the new Castle Freak, uh, which I don't know, looks probably pretty bad. It's from, you know, the no, thank you. state producers. So I'm sure it'll have like a real, uh, real Republican Ooh. edge to it. Well, it says it's from the producers of Bone Tomahawk. So I assume it's. Them, wow, they're still but... putting that on the cover, eh? After all, uh, everything that happened. I guess they're trying to think people aren't going to associate Bone Tomahawk specifically with Sinistate. I don't know. Who knows? And then we've got Conga TNT, which is an SRS release. Do you know much about this? I don't actually. Uh, yeah, it's a new movie. Wait, is it a Polonia Brothers joint? I'm going to check right now. It feels like it may be. Uh... Nope, it's a Brett Kelly film. Oh, no, Brett Kelly. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, so if you want some new bad cheese, here you go. And then to wrap things up, we've got a couple of pandemic-related films. We've got Songbird, which oh, yeah. came out and everybody said was really terrible. I have not seen <laughs> Starring uh, the Archie that fucks. So, yep, Archie. Um, and I don't know, it's from Adam Mason, I think, who's the guy who made a I lot of... I have never liked an Adam Mason movie. Yeah, me, I was just going to say, I hate Adam Mason's movies, so I didn't even... I am genuinely surprised he is still making movies. I know, and this is probably like the biggest, most high-profile movie he's made so far, so... I remember back in the day, he had like a podcast on Twitch film and like his film, The Devil's Chair, played uh, Midnight Madness. Terrible film. I saw that at Midnight Madness. Oh, Broken was a Dimension Extreme title. Awful. Uh, I hated Broken. Terrible movie. I, uh, you know, a friend, I rented Broken one time and watched it with a friend of mine and he hated me. I see here uh, Hangman, but it's not the superior Al Pacino Hangman. The Al Pacino Hangman. Yeah, that's a work of art. Yeah. It's the Jeremy Sisto Hangman. (laughs) Oh, Jeremy Sisto. I do like him. (laughs) Is he still around, Jeremy Sisto? I I guess so. I I don't know. I haven't seen him in years. What was his big thing? You would know. Uh, He was big in the, I mean, he was in Clueless, right? Oh, wrong turn, Clueless, Waitress. Okay. Um, Anyways, and finishing things up, another, if if you thought songbird was bad get ready for full moons corona zombies i hope you like uh stock footage from bruno Mattei zombie movies yeah yeah particularly hell of the living dead um so yeah i threw this movie on in the store to get a taste of it um it's an hour long and i would say at least 45 minutes of it is just footage from hell of the living well it was shot uh, like right when the shutdowns were happening, it came out. Like they rushed this one out very yeah, fast. I think they released this thing in like April of last year. So I think it has like two sequels already, doesn't it? Considering it's only 15 minutes probably, of new footage. Probably, probably. It's like all set in front of a green screen too. I mean, there's a few scenes where it's just like one actor in their apartment, like talking about coronavirus. But then most of it is just stock footage from Bruno Mattei and bad green screen footage. And it's just, I mean, it's exactly what you'd expect from like a full moon exploration exploitation cheapy you know it's just like bad it's cheap and it's just made to cash in on coronavirus fever just like you know bath salt zombies did back in the day or something you know i appreciate the uh, exploitation effort i wish there was a little bit of creativity or fun in it which you will not find well, that's here the thing. it's just from what i saw i wasn't like totally paying attention but from what i saw it was just boring so even in an hour it's still too long what know? is the uh, all those awful um rip-off 
CGI films like Ratatoink or something like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> or martial arts uh, <laughs> Chinese bear. Yeah, those I have a soft spot for though. Love me some bad animation. I haven't seen those in particular. No. Oh, they're supposedly like painfully bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure they are. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love a good cheap ripoff movie for sure. All right. Sure. So that's it for the Basement Video Podcast. Mark needs to uh, get behind the counter and start yeah, taking calls. Yeah, You know, we're going to open our phone lines. Open them right up. We're still doing the same thing here. We're just open for curbside pickups and shipping. So give us a call. Technically, Toronto is open now for business. It will be shut down in a month. There is no contest. It will because the cases are rising. So we don't think it's totally safe to open right now. So we're doing things the same so way. So until uh, next week, my name is Justin DeGlue. And I'm Mark Hansen. Keep on buying. Keep on renting. Rad! These movies and many more are available at your local video store. Not balls out. No, not balls out. No, never balls out. Ball, balls of fury, though. The Dan maybe. Fogelman uh, renaissance. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, no.